You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is Standing in Two Worlds with Dr. Sam Juni from Yerushalayim, Irakadish. Uh, Sam, in Yerushalayim, in America, all over the world, in fact, there are probably, according to estimates, 4 billion users of what we call home assistance in some fashion, whether it's the Siri, which is on their phone, or Alexa, Echo, Carnada, um, they're everywhere. And people have been fascinated with how ubiquitous they are, how they show up everywhere, how they are in everything. Let's add to this not only the home assistant, but also the GPS, not just the Siri mode in your in your iPhone that can tell you information, but also the G- various GPS apps that direct you where to drive and where to turn, where to go. It's almost a given that these things are around. And, you know, if you see a television program or a movie that doesn't have them, you say, boy, what what, what era was that in? And I think uh, there's no looking back. Sam, one of the things that has been commented upon, it's actually become a, a feminist rallying call, is the fact that these assistants are primarily female. They are whether it's not just the name Alexa or Siri, but actually they are a, a, clearly a female voice. In fact, a lot of detective work has gone into discovering the original voice actress or actor, I should say, that provided the key words from which the computer super algorithms were able to spin the responses that Siri and Alexa are able to spew out. Uh, there is a woman's voice and there is uh, a woman specifically that it's based on and research from people originally who investigated this issue discovered, especially when they just asked the people who were creating these programs, that women's voices were more pleasing to the customers. Customers really responded better. There was some discussion, Sam, that you could hear the woman's voice better. There was something about the fact that women enunciate better. There's certain clarity about the way they speak that even if they try to create the, and there is an option, by the way, at this point of what we're speaking, that you can actually switch uh, and you can actually ask Alexa to switch genders, as it were, or switch to a different uh, voice. Although if you ask Alexa what she is, Alexa says, I'm no gender. I'm an AI. I'm not male or female. However, there is a way to switch, but primarily the default mode is female. There have been feminist writers who have written essays decrying the fact that this enforces the stereotypes of women as subservient, women as being there to help. And even though you know it's an AI, the fact is that, as they have pointed out, in the tech field, the tech field that helped create this marvel, 75% or more of the people who've been working on these on this science have been men. And they've also discovered that 70% of the people who in their homes as consumers are the ones who actually put together the system and connect the system to the house or whatever it is are also usually men. And therefore, there has been this cry that this is actually reinforcing this sense of women being subservient. And what we need to do is push for a change. The pushback has been there has been enough men's voices available to be able to use their computer magic to to actually have something that is as pleasing and as natural 
as the Alexa and Siri. Uh, it seems like women's voices, when we even go back, Sam, to World War II and certain secret bombing missions, there was actual recordings of women's voices that can be heard by the bombers so they'd be able to uh, carry out their missions properly. Um, and therefore, it's almost been men using women's voices in order to create this phenomenon. So how do you interpret this? Do you interpret this, Sam, as just uh, another way that in the high-tech form uh, there is this uh, natural sexism that's going on? Or is there perhaps something deeper in the fact that we enjoy men and women seemingly to listen to the soothing tones of a woman's voice in our device? So I just need to say, when we discussed this earlier, when we were planning for the program, I was a bit surprised when you cited the data that um, both men and women prefer women's guidance in these um, uh, automatic modes. I mean, my personal impression is, at least in my family, that the um, person on Siri or on Waze gets switched. <laughs> in other words, when I'm on there, I prefer to have a woman. When some of the women in the family are on there, they prefer to have men. So I, I find, I mean, I, I accept the data. Um, I, I can just say, if you're talking about sexism, I'm, I'm a very much believer in sexual stereotypes insofar as um, child development is concerned. The usual stereotype, assuming that you have the standard family where mother is home taking care of the kids and father is off and then shows up periodically during the day or at night to um, put the input into the family structure. So what you basically have the stereotype of the woman, the mother is nurturing someone you can rely on to understand your emotion. Somebody can get you um, to feel safer, calmer. And the stereotype of the man is somebody who's authoritative Someone who we can rely on, let's say factually or practically speaking. You know, mother may be caring, but may not quite know how to pull it off. Father knows how to pull it off. He may not be as caring. So it's not surprise. And this is true both for men and for women. The mother is nurturing. If you look at the, um, at, at the word banks that people use associationally, Mother is nurturing, father is authoritative. If it comes to who is more likely to punish you, it's going to be father. And in, in the standard literature, at least in the Victorian literature, but even beyond that, let's say in the Protestant American literature, it's the same stereotypes. So I can tell you, I myself feel um, that um, when I have a lady on ways telling me things, that she will be less upset with me and more forgiving when I take the wrong turn rather than just show exasperation or disappointment in my performance. So clearly, for me anyway, this evokes old Oedipal issues. And I, I don't see that as pathology. I see that as normal development. So I can see why both men and women would prefer a woman to guide them along in under situations of confusion. And also it's true, the servile notion that you should have a... Um, Lady Alexa taking care of things for you, people are more comfortable telling a woman, please clean up the diaper, do this and do that, rather than telling a man, would you mind doing the dishes? 
So that's stereotype. Especially as we talk about the smart homes where the people who really know how to use the Alexa app properly know that they, uh, the, the temperature controls, uh, the alarm system, everything is really connected to this smart device. And you speak to the device and you have the woman doing that for you. I should mention, by the way, there is another famous AI voice, and that is the AI voice of Watson. We know about Watson, who, of course, uh, IBM developed and a, a supercomputer that spoke uh, that was able to uh, take on the Jeopardy champion. The Watson was able to finally take on Ken Jennings. And I'm not sure if Watson also engaged in in a in, in a chess a match with some of the world chess champions, but I know that Watson has been an advisor to, you know, to, that's the AI that they work with, the IBM researchers, and that voice is a male voice, a male voice which is a little more clipped, a little more distinctive, a little more this is the way it should be, and again, people have, as again, you can, and I, I sent you a number of articles, which I know you didn't have time to even skim, but there has been quite a, a, an outrage. Let, let me just tell you that one of the things that people have done, Sam, not just used Alexa to uh, program their house to make things comfortable with them. They've also, because Alexa is, 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 is a woman, there were many, many uh, reports of sort of harassing Alexa. There were sure. reports of men who were actually asking Alexa for sex and saying, you know, things, you know, speaking to Alexa as if it was an actual person and getting uh, using Alexa sort of like a like like a miniature sex doll to sort of get their hangups done. And Alexa, I think originally, and it might have either been Alexa or Siri, originally would say, I'm not that type of assistant. <laughs> and when and when the when the uh women Move women who got a hold of this heard this. They said, "What? So what? You think there should be other types of assistance?" So at this point, they've now programmed Alexa and Siri that when certain sex sexual demands are being made, they shut off. They don't even respond at all. But see, that may be part of some larger picture. I've seen my grandkids just annoying the heck out of Alexa with a you know with not any particular thematic annoyance, just an annoyance trying to get her upset, so to speak, or just to bug her or get her bored or get her to contradict herself. So I know you very well, and we've talked about the idea of, you know, what are people inherently in terms of their nature? Uh, Children are special, but they're not necessarily good. And maybe having an Alexa to sort of take out their curse words or, or meanness might actually be positive in terms of giving them an outlet, right? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking. That the, <laughs> I'm not saying I believe Bobo, in that, but the punching, the, the punching doll, the Bobo doll, used to be standard in child therapy. You always had that around, and the uh, the child was able to just choose that doll and just beat the beat it and kick it and whatever. And the, all kinds of catharsis supposedly came up. I can't say that it helped the person, but it's there. So, in the sense, that's a nice service having a dehumanized human, so to speak, that you can let out your um, Antisocial, um, uh, feel, and not just antisocial. Let's say in the in the, in the sexual issues, it's a, a way to express things that are ordinarily not acceptable because the person takes exception. This person will not take exception. So I, I don't, I don't see that as a bad idea. To, the, the idea that you should always suppress your feelings and never being able to express them under any circumstances. I'm not sure that's too healthy either. So sure, 
Sounds like a nice vent. Well, I'll tell you what's interesting. When there was a little bit of a mini scandal, there were parents groups that uh, raised their voice of protest saying, you know, people who speak to Alexa dismissively, aggressively, uh, in a way, although Alexa is not a human being, has no feelings, but it sort of inculcates within the child, the child can do that. It's sort of similar to what the Rambam explains some of the, and the Chacham Tzvi follows him in terms of some of the mitzvahs that we have of Tsar Balechayim and other things. It isn't so much a concern for that animal itself, but that if this, if we allow you to be cruel to animals, that builds within the, uh, the person that aspect of cruelty, which will come out terribly when it comes to interpersonal relations. I would just rephrase that. I would rephrase that, not that it builds within it, but that it allows it to come to the surface. Okay. You, you don't have to build that. All right, you're right. Wishitoscha, it's always there. Right. But by 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 giving it this safe area to come out, so what, what's going to happen is, you know, is that the person's, anger or the person's arrogance or the person's dismissiveness will show itself in regular human interaction. And therefore, there was a, there's was there been a movement that Alexa should only respond if you say please, that you, yeah. you need to, that even though Alexa is only uh, a robot and less than that, perhaps, um, that it, it should be programmed within Alexa, since we need them so much, that we should go through the motion of saying please and thank you for answers. Do you think that's silly or do you think that there's something there's some that, that I think sense? it's great as a socializing technique to make sure people behave a certain way. I think it's terrible in terms of what kind of unresolved dynamics we all carry around. It's nice to have a vent and it's a vent without much guilt because it's not a real person. Just like, you know, children never in therapy never felt bad for kicking the Bobo doll. They shouldn't be, mm-hmm. I just say, let's just see what this sounds like. It sounds basically, I mean, it's a form, a, a mini form of psychodrama. And psychodrama, what we do is we give people a license to voice all kinds of, um, shall we say, negative and hostile and unacceptable um, feelings. And supposedly by doing that, they can get in touch with it, with the notion that they will then be in control of it. Mm-hmm. Not with the notion that they now have a way of just venting you know every day they can go and vent stuff out back and forth let me just push back a little bit on that what i would say is it's one thing if you buy for your child a their own bobo slash alexa machine that they could talk to it's another thing when the family has the uh, alexa or echo dot for the whole home and you have the children you know Talking to it, family dog. In my mind, is just jumping back to the um, uh, phenomena. I think it started about two years ago, where people actually started professing to have relationships with some of these AI constructs. To the point that they uh, literally, I, I saw at least one official wedding that someone in Japan had with his bride, who was a uh, some kind of AI figment. So sure, I mean these things become real, you know. And I'm not going to do any musk theorizing here of, you know, what's real and what isn't, but they do become real. And in that sense, it then teaches you that you have the license to be a um, an unbridled it, it animal, just attacking and doing whatever you want to, which I'm sure 
can carry over to real relationships as well. Like it's well-trod territory, it seems, about Alexa being primarily a woman's voice. I think I think uh, Amazon came out with something called, I forgot what the name is, but the gender a gender neutral voice, not a male voice and not a female voice. There's something sort of a gender neutral voice, which I'm not sure exactly how that sounds, but I guess you, you won't be able to tell. And I think that, that there's been a, a push that perhaps that is what, you know, the, the AI producers have a, a moral responsibility to do this. But, 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 but let's just realize that for some people, not necessarily Alexa, but other forms of these creations actually become their social partners. For some people, I mean, just like in the crude form, people's uh, ability to um, to play games on the phone or to engage with them, some kind of simple robotic um, algorithms gives them a relationship. To some people, Alexa is their relationship, which is, I mean, it, it's terrible. It's terrible in terms of what, what it implies about the um, lack of richness of these people's egos, but it still is better than not having it at all. So on the heels of what you're saying, the AI developers have incrementally added elements to Alexa's capabilities. And one of them is that the news is different, whether it's weather or it's, let's say, the headlines. If it's good weather, they'll say it in a positive way. In general, the weather, the lilt of the voice is more positive. When it's a news item, especially if it's some sort of uh, tragedy or something that's occurring, Alexa will say it in a way that's laced with a certain sense of melancholy. And they're, these are all... Well, the, man, the, what the newscasters do. That's what the newscasters That's do. right. And, and and being able to allow this machine, this AI to do this is really like making it more and more like a, an actual uh, robot companion, where, as you say, people feel who else do they have other than their, their machine. And that's, I guess, the next question. People, especially in our firm world, have talked about, oh, isn't it great that we have Shabbos? Uh, and I, I, we did a podcast, by the way, about using Alexa on Shabbos, which uh, you can find on our platform. But people have talked about, oh, isn't it great in the firm world we can unplug and we're we're not connected to our phones? And similarly, I guess, you know, my wife always made sure to unplug Alexa before Shabbos because we've had enough embarrassing moments Mm -hmm. where somehow someone said something and Alexa, you know, popped out and we had like very uh, yeshivish guests and who knows what was, you know, what was blaring out there. And everybody was just Mm -hmm. looking at it, looking very sheepish and, 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 and embarrassed. But not just unplugging Alexa for Shabbos, maybe it's unhealthy, uh, to have this machinka. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, uh, it does so much for us that is it so hard for you to like open up the damn window if you want to know what the weather is, right? Alexa, what's the, te- I, I do it all the time. Alexa, what's the temperature outside? You know, meanwhile, I don't have to get up and I don't have to go to the window. I don't have to go outside and experience it. Or even if it's something that I could look up, Alexa, tell me what the scores are. Alexa, tell me what's going on. Maybe my mind will actually be more engaged if I have to even do a couple of clicks on the computer to try to figure out something instead of Alexa telling me that. So by by abdicating so much to Alexa, are we in some ways becoming, you know, sort of like uh, not just depend, not just not dependent on her, but lazy, lazy to do the type of intellectual or thinking tasks that kept us healthy and on our toes we have this machine here that it can't do everything, 
but it does it does enough of some of our, our normal tasks and, and and giving us answers that you know maybe it's not like just saving us time to do other stuff. It's perhaps deadening and atrophying those parts of our uh, of our mind. Okay, so I, I have two reactions. One is like what Elon Musk's response to this would be having a parody saying that by making people not have to do all the drudge work they had to do before the Industrial Revolution, somehow you're mitigating their existence as 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 an entity and making them totally like subsidiary to machines. So, I mean, obviously that's debatable whether we should really call ourselves human because we have to go up and close the window or open the heat or whatever. That, that's, that's one point. The other point is that, I mean, that should be added to the mix here is that Alexa, unless you do something about it, is always there. It's a constant presence. You're never alone. You're not alone in the bathroom. You're not alone in the shower. You're not alone with noises you make. I can well see Alexa saying, what's with the coughing today, Sam? Why are you doing that? Or why are you grunting? Is something hurting you? Should I call an ambulance, right? Should I, do you want to get your wife in here to apologize? No, it's, it's, it, it's an intrusive, um, um, entity that really takes away your sense of privacy and even autonomy. And I, I find that pretty disturbing. I mean, I, I've, um, remember having Alexa get involved sometimes in a conversation. I mean, not terribly so, but in the sense that the, she, I, my assumption is she picked up something which she may have seen as a question. So she started, you know, it's actually a sheer, and then it started giving me opinions. And I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> and sure, you know, so, stay out, you know. I'm hearing between, reading between the lines of what you're saying, that it hasn't necessarily been such a positive revolution, and maybe we might have been better served without this novel device. I, I think better and worse is too much of a uh, black and white kind of um, aspect. The point is that it, it I think it, it definitely helps to flesh out and bring out certain kinds of emotions or interactions that you, you would otherwise could not have. But I mean, from, from my point of view, it also um, defies the general interpersonal decorum. Like I'm me and you're you. When I say something I'm saying and you get involved it's socially appropriate rather than you're always there and monitoring what's going on. That can be, I'll tell you, I, I remember getting just in the early days of ways, getting very upset when I'd get into the car and that happened to be Wednesday and automatically it had me going to a shear because it knew that's what I do at one certain time. And I was upset. I was a didn't you know? It didn't ask me. Do you want to go there? Okay, you have fourteen minutes till you get to show. I said, "Wow!" And I found that. I mean, in terms of Big Brother, it's more than Big Brother. It really means. So where do I end? Do I no longer have agency over my own life? These people know what I'm doing. They predict what I'm doing, and uh, disturbingly, they predicted it pretty well. To the point that it makes you doubt whether you have any agency at all, you're just a victim of some kind of routine that they found out. One of the problems of, of wanting to just plug the damn thing in and make it work and not reading the fine print is discovering the fact that they gather information about you. And whether it's interfering in your life by saying, hey, shouldn't you be turning this way to go to the shear or gathering other information about your buying habits and about other things that you might be saying. So Alexa is on, but listening. And maybe the part of what, you know, Amazon and everything else, all the people who helped create it have 
in a way, wired these machines to gather all this information about us and our family. And we know that those that material might be open for sale. And I think part of what... You're not even being paranoid. There's no question there's a motif to this. I'm not so sure it has to be at that basic level. It could just be learning your habits and then learning to target you with which ads or what. I'm not sure. That's for sure. To to make sure that a certain candidate wins. I'm not sure it's at that level. No, The point is, you see, I, for one, personally, I have no particular fear of the invasion of my privacy. I don't feel upset or guilty about anything. I'm not an embezzler. I don't do major crimes. So if people, find, but there are people who just on principle don't want to feel that they're invaded. And there's no question when you have Alexa there, it's like having, should we say, a, um, a bit of a nitwit with you who will then share facts and blurt things out at the most inappropriate time. So it can be embarrassing if you're trying to maintain a certain front. Let let me just pursue it one little element. What I've heard is that in Nebuch murder cases, there has been a confiscation of the whole Alexa record in order to use the Alexa or Siri, whatever device you have, to reconstruct what was happening in the home Mm. before the crime occurred. So for the sake of the public good, it seems like that information has, has is, is able to be extracted. We're just one step away from saying maybe for the public good, we need to zero in on who are the MAGA people. <laughs> we have to zero in on who are the people who are talking, who's sure, saying the election sure. was a fraud. And maybe we should zero in. I, again, I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I can hear how people are saying having if everyone has that in their house and so many most Americans have it and don't have it. So we are really talking about um, a, a a possibility of of, of a huge uh, intrusion by who knows what forces sure. into our I mean, at, a, at, at a shorter level, the police have been known to confiscate GPS records to show right. where you've been, where you've not gone. Yeah, sure. Sure. And, and therefore, they can say, look, in to, to order to serve the public good, we need to know this. It's a hop, skip, and a jump from the public good of a murder or embezzlement or a, a crime to what sort of seditious comments you might be making. You sure. Know, like, like if Alexa was able or to pick up. Or if you want to push it in terms of where, where, where I am right now, the idea of monitoring certain kinds of social media or even phone conversations to stop terror acts. Right, which we know the Shin Bet and the Israeli government has to engage in sure, in order sure. to be able to make those uh, laser strikes where they know pinpointing exactly sure. where what's going on. So I'm sure the type of <laughs> these devices, you know, are probably being used in some way. People not realizing that. I mean, it's really the same thing, Sam, that people put stupid things in emails, right? We all know that people yeah. thought people would write the most intimate, ridiculous things in email because it was so convenient. And they didn't realize that so many, you know, so many right. adulterers, philanderers, embezzlers, and others have been tripped up by their emails, which they didn't realize were all right. part of the public domain. Mm-hmm. Because of course I'm going to send it with email, and I think I, I think I guess a similar thing is occurring here when it comes to Alexa. So Sam, I, I'm happy to to get your input. Um, I, I I was thinking all I didn't see any really any source for this because I was in fact I saw the opposite. I guess what I mean to say is this: one of the things that allow us to sort of believe in Alexa or believe in these helpers is that although they sound like a 
a caring woman, let's say, but I can tell that the voice is still somewhat of a robot. Well, I have a certain amount of detachment or logicality to it. Yeah. I'm logical. And, and, you, and you can hear that in the voice. Sure. And you can, you can sure. hear that in the voice. You can't, you can't trust somebody as authoritative if they feel that they're getting caught into the emotions. You want them to be able to consider and say, this is the weather, regardless of whether you're in a good mood or not. Yeah, true, true. But, but again, you know, Alexa will sometimes, um, if you ask Alexa to tell you a joke, you'll hear a, a different type of lilt in, in, in its voice. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think one thing that can perhaps help is to go against the grain. Amazon and the other companies are trying to make Alexa sound even more human. I, I think if we if we can concretize the idea that it's human-like, it's mm-hmm. human-like, and everyone knows it's not, then I think that, that it's not going to stop, let's say, the aberrant weird behavior, but I think it might, in a way, be something. It also sounds like you're trying to make sure that people don't take this as the um, as the template of what a human being is supposed to be and forget the human aspect. It almost sounds like by making them distinct, that says, no, but you are different. You have some other aspects. If I had to do like one preaching about this, I would just reiterate what I said, that essentially, if people become totally comfortable with themselves being a person and understanding that all people have the same faults, it makes you less leery of what's going on around. So yeah, let them know, okay, somebody got a hold of all my emails. Fine. So they know I have all kinds of interesting desires or or offbeat um, um, things that I care about or get me excited, but everybody else does. So once they get comfortable with that, things get less paranoid in nature, just saying, yeah, so you're able to look and you're able to see doesn't freak me out. Because you're willing to sacrifice that for the benefits. I don't think my of, dirty laundry is that dirty. I don't think anybody's dirty. Right. Laundry. And therefore you'd, therefore, you'd rather have this convenience. Sure. Than, right. Because it's, it's worth this convenience. The yes. fact that people can now know what sort of, quote unquote, dirty laundry you have. Right. But I, I, what I was saying is perhaps the we can mollify everyone if even though it's female, but it's not the same female that you would want to lord yourself over. It's not like your wife that you would push around or your daughter that you would demand doing menial tasks for you. Maybe there's a, a tinge, a metallic aspect to it. I think that might satisfy the feminists up to a point. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure. Well, like Shmila, I would love to be able to sign off in my sort of robotic fashion, I guess I would say. I, I could tell you, though, that one thing that my wife loves about Alexa is that she can tell who's talking. Sometimes Alexa will say, who's talking? My wife will ask Alexa and say, Alexa, who's talking? And Alexa will say, it's the master. <laughs> <laughs> she loves that. All yeah, right, she forces her mastery. Okay. Good. Yes, yes. And maybe that's the way it should be. Take care, everybody. Be well. We'll catch you hopefully sooner than later. Take care. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 